Morgan here, and boy oh boy has it been a hot minute since we've uploaded an episode of Coffin Talk. In this episode, Dottie and I travel to the exotic land of New Jersey, where we interview Ed Bixby, who is the owner of the Steelman Town Cemetery, which is part of the Pine Barrens. In this episode, we talk about how he fell into green burial, how he works with funeral homes, a little bit of the history of the cemetery, and dare I say, the business of it to a degree. So sit back, Grab your cup of coffee, and let's have some coffin talk. Hey, Morgan here, and we are here with owner of Steelman Cemetery, Ed Bixby. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? All right. Um, so before we sit down and talk, I just want to let everybody know that uh, we got a nice little tour of the cemetery, which is attached to, which park is it again? The Belle Plaines State Forest. The Belle Plaines State Forest. This is in New Jersey. It is, we found out, part of the Pine Barrens. Correct. Yes, part yep. of the Pine Barrens. Um, gorgeous gorgeous cemetery for lack of better words gorgeous park um so i and, honestly wouldn't know it was a cemetery no absolutely <laughs> not i could have I, mean, I guess by. i would know this part was a cemetery we're sitting right outside a little tiny white chapel mm -hmm. and um i would know this part was the cemetery because it's got a little gated area and and little um uh, headstones but otherwise yeah, wouldn't wouldn't know this was a cemetery. So I know you've talked about this plenty of times with other people, but how did you end up acquiring the these grounds? I acquired them because uh, this is a family cemetery. Uh, we had come here in 1680, and we had 195,000 acres, and we created a bunch of villages uh, surrounding, you know, the industry of the time. And my family was here for obviously hundreds of years. Uh, and my brother had been buried here. And after my brother was buried here, the cemetery had fallen into uh, other hands and then had become neglected and uh, just in very poor shape. So uh, I ended up coming out here and getting involved because I had wanted the property to be cleaned up. Mm -hmm. And uh, the former owner made a very uh, unusual proposition. He said, how about I give you the cemetery? And, you know, I took him up on his offer only because I felt like someone needed to be responsible and to kind of uh, relieve a burden on my mother because she had been very upset over the condition of the grounds knowing my brother was here. It was just overgrown or? It had become overgrown, yes, and, and basically like a dumping ground. Because of its location, you know, Woods Road, out in the middle yeah. of the forest, people would come back here. We took about 10 or 12 dump truck loads of oh, no. carpet and tile and roof shingles, and it was a mess. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so that's, that's how I got involved. Really, I just thought I would be mowing the grass here for the rest of my life and just being responsible for it <laughs> itself, not really knowing I would find, you know, a, a profession out of it. So. What was so, the turning point? Yeah, yeah, you were probably. I was going to ask. So, when did it become from just maintaining the grounds essentially to accepting and doing green burials? Well, what ended up happening was we spent about six months cleaning up the property, and it looked it looked really nice. You know, it looked good. And I had contacted the state of New Jersey to find out if there were any funds available for forever maintenance. And because if you are what's called a certificate of authority cemetery, there is a thing called a preservation and maintenance fund. This cemetery did actually possess one because it was a legal cemetery, mm -hmm. uh, but it was very small, about $1,000 in it, and we didn't touch the money. Uh, so I, I didn't know if there was grants available or anything else like that to continue the work. And they said, uh, no, there's nothing. The only thing you can do is sell plots. Mm -hmm. 
So at that point in time, I, you know, this was special to me, but I thought to myself, it's in the middle of the forest, you know, how would I ever get anyone to want to come out here? I didn't really see the inherent value in the sense that the consumer would be driven out here. So I just, you know, I accepted that for what it was and figured, okay, well, I'm taking care of it. Uh, long story short, I read an article about six months after I took possession in the Atlantic City Press about natural burial itself. And that's kind of when the stars aligned. Uh, you know, it said you had to be part of or next to a conservation effort, could never have accepted traditional burials. All these things fell into place, mm -hmm. almost like this was meant to be. It was very <laughs> unusual. So I thought, wow, that's really great because I meet all that those requirements. So maybe I do have a market for this. So I contacted the Green Burial Council. They told me what you know their ethics were and what I needed to do. Part of it was to deed restrict the entire property, which I was more than glad to do because I didn't have a lot of money invested in it. It wasn't a business venture. So I thought if I could find new life for it to take care of it, I will do so. So that's what I did. And I really didn't truly know anything about natural burial, to be honest with you, until we had our very first one. And our very first one was an individual from Princeton. They had no connection to this area whatsoever. They just knew that we offered it and their family said, this is what we want. So uh, they called me up. I called my masons. I said, hey guys, you want to dig a grave? Because I'm a developer and they know how to dig in straight lines. <laughs> so I said, come on out, dig the grave. They did that. And I really didn't understand it until the actual funeral itself because we knew what we were going to accept. We were going to allow the families to be part of everything. We weren't going to interfere. But until that actually unfolded, until I actually witnessed the actual funeral itself and seen them carry the loved one to the gravesite, seen them lower them down, backfill the grave. And I looked over at one of my grave diggers, one of my masons, and he had tears coming down his cheeks because it was that moving. He didn't know these individuals. He, you know, they were not someone... That's when the light bulb went off in my head and I realized we had something very special here yeah. and the rest is history. Uh, you know, I found a, a real passion for mm -hmm. doing this and helping people. And what is your role with, <clears throat> do you have a role with the Green Council, uh, the Green Burial Council now or do you just um, work with them with your facility? No, absolutely. I've been involved with the Green Burial Council really from when I first started in 2007, but I, I officially became a member uh, not a member, but a board member in 2011, uh, and I am now the president. I've been the president for the last, I think, four years. Uh, and what the Green Burial Council does is it, it basically sets the standards in the industry for what people, to protect the consumer, for what people should expect, and we certify providers based upon certain rules and regulations that they have to adhere to, to be, a, you know, for that, for the, the protection of the consumer. And a lot of that has to do with, like, deed restrictions and things like that, because if you were to buy into this concept and someone else does it because they feel as if it's an avenue to make more money, if it doesn't work for them, they can change it back. And we want to be sure that the consumer is protected. So I will tell you this, when I first got involved with the Green Burial Council, it was a lot of blue sky thinkers, a lot of great people, very highly educated. But what I found was they weren't actually doing it. They, they had the concept in their head, so it meant something different to them. What I have brought to the table over the years is, in my, in my definition of natural burial the true definition to me is what it does for our families how it empowers them uh, the environmental aspect of it is a wonderful benefit yeah. absolutely but what it does for the families you know that's what transforms so back when I was originally in the council believe it or not I'm not a formally educated guy you know I'm, I'm a real estate broker developer I, I'm a hands-on guy they kind of looked at me like an outsider, like, who the hell is this guy? He's a little goofy. Not goofy, <laughs> but in the sense that I'm saying to them, look, guys, you're not business people. You know, you got to embrace the funeral industry, teach them a new way so they can accept it, so they can spread the word. 
uh, over time, they started to get it. They started yeah. saying to themselves, wait a minute, Ed's on to something here. And, the, you know, and, and we've done really well now because we have accepted the funeral industry, saying to them, what you do is not wrong. You're not bad for doing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To each his own. But look at what we're doing and, and offer it to your customers because there's a real benefit in it. What strikes me about what you've been showing us, I really came here with the expectation that we'd get a lot of um, rhetoric about environmentalism, but really how you've been talking to us about this process is about connection and personal connection. And, you know, when you talk about the people, um, uh, the families, having this personal connection and like tears streaming down the, the, the face of the people who are, are doing the burying. Why do you think this place and green burials connect with families? Uh, you know, why do you think they make such an emotional impact on people? My, my personal feeling is that, you know, irregardless of how much you're into nature, you know, some people, some people don't, you know, aren't totally in, <laughs> into being out in the woods or things like that. There's just a spider that was crawling uh, on me, actually. Not a <laughs> but uh, he won't. He doesn't eat much. Okay. But uh, but at the end of the day, we got to realize, and I think people do. I think there's something in all of us, uh, no matter how much time, you've, if you're from the city or from the woods, we all come from the same place. You know, we all come from the earth. So there's this maybe like a, a an unrecognized connection to yeah. nature itself within us. So when you come out to a place like this and you're surrounded by life and beauty, it feels good, yeah. You know, it, it, and and it feels right. And you know, why would you want to put yourself in a place where you don't go back to where you came from? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so by choosing natural burial, uh, you know, it, it, it's this connection that lies within all of us that people don't realize is even there. Because uh, I believe me, I get people from the city all the time who say, "I don't like bugs. I don't like being outside." And boy, do they fall in love with this place because it's hard not to. You know, mm-hmm. the serenity, the peace. And I think they even find a greater form of connection with nature after they leave because they realize oh, these little bugs, they're just kind of floating around. They're not out to kill me or you know what I mean. And, and, then they can, and then they can look at, too, what we're doing. You know, you got to steward for future generations. You know, why would you not why would you want to put your yourself in a cold, sterile place that didn't make your family feel good when they visited you? You know, you want to be in a place where you can bring your grandchildren or, or, or bring kids that can come and they can ask questions and enjoy the property for what it is. You know, we have school groups who come here to learn about nature, not about death. But with that being said, of course, they ask questions and it demystifies it and it's less scary to them. Yeah. You know, they're not thinking about the horror movies that with zombies and all this crazy stuff <laughs> yeah. that we come up with. They think of it as a, a, a and it, that's great, you know, that, that that's really important. So, huh. yeah, that's, that's why I think, it, you know, I think we all have something within us, a connection that we don't really realize is there mm-hmm. until we experience it. With that, with like like how you're saying, it's it's not as sterile and I guess unwelcoming as some like like a funeral home can feel or like a cemetery can feel. Um, do you work with local funeral homes? Like, do they now do you work hand in hand with them as far as the process of getting the body ready and then bringing it here? Like, are you finding that more funeral directors that own like actual homes are starting to? embrace this and come to you for help and questions and things like that or not not. (laughs) yeah no absolutely i mean you know i have always been a big uh champion of of funeral directors and what they do because i feel as if they do get a raw deal in a lot of instances a lot of people view a funeral director as someone who might take advantage of a family member when they're at their time of need and that's not the case at all 
unfortunately, sometimes people make rash decisions when they're not thinking mm -hmm. clearly. Yeah. Uh, you know, funeral directors, without a doubt, uh, hold a very bit large place in this. You know, they really are helpful to families. The big difference between this and what we would call, you know, it's, let's say conventional funerals, is that uh, they're just re they have to reinvent themselves. They're not providing a product or a service. They're facilitating something. It's a little different. And uh, what I have found is that, you know, let's be honest, it's a business, you have to keep your lights on, yeah. so you have to accommodate your customers. Uh, I find okay. that initially they're a little resistant, only in the sense because they don't understand it. But once they understand what we do and they understand the benefits to the families and even to themselves, and even financially, I have had no resistance whatsoever. Uh, it's just a matter of getting people open-minded to give it a chance. And I think when they also find out that the majority of my customers are cremation converts mm -hmm. and they're recapturing the funeral service itself. That is an incentive in itself because, you know, funeral homes are being shuttered up countrywide right now because of that. And cemeteries, you know, uh, let me let me just touch on that. You know, cemeteries are beautiful places. I love all cemeteries because I think there's a lot to be said for all of them. Some people are traumatized by the events not of the cemetery itself, but mm -hmm. just because of what they've had, had to experience. Yeah. <coughs> Every cemetery in this country, in my opinion, should offer natural burial. They should open their doors to offer this option to the families because who is anyone to say that someone can't have something, in particular if they have family at that place? Yeah. You know, So they should accommodate that. And I think by doing so, they'll realize that, hey, you know what, that little bit of extra maintenance is well worth it. You know, And there is minimal to no maintenance in a preserve like we're in here. But at a traditional setting, if they don't set a vault, then there will be a burial mound that needs to settle. They just need to understand that that's just a new aspect of what they do. So I think that uh, I think that people are really, as more people learn about this, they're becoming much more accepting. The industry itself, to answer your question. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, like we kind of talked about it before we start recording. Like I was more of the originally, yeah, I don't need a big fancy casket. Just cremate me and maybe stick me in a fancy box but the more people I've been talking to in this field and industry and like even just getting to walk through here today the more my mind is changing more towards just put me in the ground and like somewhere really nice to sit and look at and be done I, I really like that idea it's simple the simplicity of it alone is I feel like what people should start looking at because it's the simplicity of it makes it I feel like you'd have to think less during your time of grief but that's just my opinion yeah. I no, I'm agreeing and I we we were kind of walked through the process when we first came in and saw those um, beautiful handmade um, biodegradable caskets that you showed us um, I was could you could you kind of walk us through the process, especially Actually, for yeah? I was looking at your your question, Morgan, and thinking that we should skip ahead to that because I think a lot of people just aren't familiar with with this and sort of just it, it blows their mind. Right. Well, no, it's absolutely. And I and one thing I want to stress is you know too many people put off their final arrangements while they're living, and you don't want to leave that burden to the ones that yeah. are left behind. It's very very difficult. So. If you can come to grips, and coming to a place like this can help you come to grips with, with your mortality and feel good about it. If you can come to grips with, with that and, and have your act of kindness for your family by prearranging or letting your, your wishes be known, it makes it that much easier and helpful for the families to move on after the actual process itself. 
But but so if you were an individual who wanted this, and you were to come to me here in Steelman Town, essentially, you would come as if you were living to pick your spot, yeah. and you could literally choose your location. So I would say to you, as simple as this, take this stake, walk the trails, and when you find the spot, place the stake, and we'll survey it. Now, if there is a stone at that location, of course, it's reserved or sold. So that's what they use as a, you know, an indicator of what's available. So it's that simple. So they go, they pick their spot, they come back, they give me their information, I provide them with a deed, uh, and then I tell them to talk to a funeral director. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, with, a, with a cemetery plot is a land transaction, so you own your plot, it belongs to you. When you, when you prearrange with a funeral director, your, whatever you prearrange goes into an insurance fund. So it can, it's transferable and the price never changes. So the very good thing about prearranging is that you get in at a lower price now if you live another 50 years. And it never, go ahead. I'm sorry, did I say that But um, now this is Jersey. Right. Is it a similar process? Like if I went to a funeral director in PA, but still chose to yes. be buried here? Absolutely, okay. absolutely. It, it, and if you were to, to move to Florida uh, mm -hmm. and you, you would be able to sell your plot here if okay. you chose to do it because you own it, and you would be able to transfer that because all funeral homes work together with that. Okay. It's kind of like money in the bank. You know, they know, okay, we're all going to accept these terms mm -hmm. because we're sometimes it's going to be we need it, and sometimes we're we'll like ah, but it comes to us. So at any rate, you prearrange, you get in, and you let them know what you're what you want, and uh, that's very important with natural burial because people think or believe that you that you have to be embalmed, and that's absolutely not the truth. Uh, mm -hmm. Nobody needs to be embalmed. Uh, but if you are not refrigerated within 48 hours, some states, very few, maybe two or three, is 24 hours. If you're not refrigerated within 48 hours, then they say that you must be embalmed for health and safety reasons. Again, you know, who's enforcing that? Whoever's doing those things, I don't know. So with that being said, if you go to a funeral director and say, uh, you know, this is what I want, you know, your question should be, do you offer refrigeration? How would you keep my body refrigerated? Because what I can tell you about that is, you know, green burial does not mean quick burial. Uh, you know, we have burials here that are, they're typically the same exact time frame as a, a regular burial. We have viewings, uh, you know, if a body is treated properly, none of those things are a problem. Yeah, that surprised me. You said that viewings happen in your shop. Oh yeah, absolutely. So what will happen is, you know, you, you speak to your funeral prof professional, you say, this is what I want, X, Y, and Z. They can offer you biodegradable burial products like uh, pine box, banana leaf, bamboo, there's all kinds of stuff shrouded. We allow people to be buried here all natural. I mean, I've actually, we haven't buried anybody that way yet, but we have prearranged people that want that. That's what I they want. I can understand that. If you're yeah. gonna be put in the ground in a right. natural why environment, why, yeah. why have clothes yeah. on? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so the funeral director, you know, you would speak to them and what they would offer to you would be those services, including of course, burial transfer permits and death certificates and all the things you need to make this possible. So they, they hold a very high place in this. Now, some states don't require funeral directors. Uh, I will tell you this, out of the 12 years I've done it, and I own four facilities, I've only had one family that actually took care of everything on their own, and they used what is called a home funeral guide. And those are people who help people do home funerals. Mm -hmm. And that was in uh, California. They, they drove from Los Angeles to San Francisco to bury their mother. Uh, so it can be done. Pennsylvania does have, uh, you can have home vigils and home you funerals You can take your body home. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I just recently found that out. Like, a hospital might not like you doing right. that, right. but you, in Pennsylvania, are free to right. take your body home. Well, you belong to your family, and this is one point that I want to make, and, I, and, and this is important for the listeners to hear, is that 
what has happened is, you know, years ago, way back when, you know, you took care of your dead. You yes. know, mm -hmm. uh, you, you cared for them the same way as you cared for them as they were living. Think about your child, you know, a baby. You care for it, you dress it, you, yeah. you do all those things. Why would you not want to do that for your loved one in death as well? Give them the best that you can give them. Yeah. A lot of people feel really traumatized in death because the person is whisked away. You feel as if you've lost any control or right to them. Yes. You know, like, oh my goodness. They're, they're gone. They're gone and they're here and I can't even see them and I'm going to see them for 15 minutes and then they're gone forever. Yeah. So this gives you the ability to care for your loved one in a different way and to the level that you want to care for them. Because I will be honest with you, there are certain things that maybe, you know, we want this to be a memorable experience for the family. And there may be some things that could be not so memorable. That's why a funeral director is really important to have involved because they can help with the process, you know. Yeah. Uh, I always tell people that, you know, really consider that. So I've only had one person who's done it, but it happens all over the all over. And I've had people who've done home home vigils, but mm. they bring them with a funeral director here. Okay. So uh, yeah, so you just let all your wishes be known, and then once it they're done, you know, in your will or whoever is in charge of, you know, every person who buys a plot here, I say, for their file, give me the person who is in charge of your estate, mm -hmm. their information as well, so that when the phone rings, I know who I'm talking to. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's not that hard, and believe me, when you come out and experience it like yourself. You know, I get people who come here and they're, you know, they're buying their burial plot and they're freaked out. And I don't, you know, I don't blame them. Oh, this is weird. I don't, but when they leave, they have a smile on their face. They're laughing. They feel like a, a weight has been lifted and they feel a great resolve. Like, you know, I really feel good about what I've done. Yeah. So it's important. Well, I mean, like I recently did, um, within the last year, my will. And I, I don't think I'm that old, but that I feel like these two things can kind of freak people out. Like, yeah. because you're finalizing things for the end. But for me... Maybe I look at it differently. I'd rather get this done now so that someone down the line doesn't have to worry about it. They don't it. have to think while they're grieving. They can and just guess. do what I asked or what needs to be done and it's taken care of. And cool. I think that's really good that stuff like that can be done. Well, and that's really all you want at the end of the day is your wishes <laughs> to be granted. You know what I mean? And, and I will tell you this, and I, and I always tell all my customers and I'll tell your audience as well. And it's the absolute truth. If everybody knew grandma wanted a natural burial, okay, and 10, of, 10 people said, we know she wanted it, and nine of them said, let's give it to her, and one says, no. No. And it hasn't been paid for. It hasn't been prearranged. I'm telling you from experience, the one always wins because nobody wants to fight and argue at that time. Nobody yeah. wants that. And that's unfortunate. So grandma doesn't get what she wants. And the one individual who might not be thinking clearly at the time because they're upset gets what they think they want. So at the end of the day, and I hate to make it about money, but I will tell you this. If it's prearranged and those 10 people are asked, okay, grandma paid for this. Okay. No, but I swear it's true. I mean, I hate to say that, but they just say, okay, all right. You know, it's just the way it is. Yeah. So give serious consideration. It's very smart. Yeah. Well, the... the we're talking about process of, of pre-arranging it. Um, I wonder if you could talk about the process of actually doing it. Now, uh, something that surprised me that you said was that the family can be involved in in some of the, the you know, carrying and, and, and covering the grave. Maybe tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. So when the family would arrive, they can place their loved one on our wagon. They yeah. can, as a family, push the wagon back to the gravesite itself. Yeah. They can put their loved one on the grave site, help lower them down, help backfill the grave. And what's important about that is, is that with being hands-on, you have a great, you, you find a greater form of acceptance yeah. 
Yeah. You know, you were able to accept that person's passing. And with every shovel full of dirt that I see go in the ground, I can see the pain and all that washing away from the family members themselves. They're, they're realizing that they're part of this, that they haven't really lost control, that they're, that they're giving this person what they wanted and they feel good about it. And I always tell people, come, people come here grief-stricken, rightfully so, and they lead with smiles on their faces. <laughs> and when I get the thank yous I get from them, of course, funeral professionals get thank yous because they deserve thank yous, but it's a different kind of thank you. Yeah. It comes from a different place. They, you can see that it's, they've, they've, the grief is gone uh, and they'll be back. They're not, gonna, they're not gonna look at this place and remember it because it traumatized them in some way. They're gonna say, you know what? Uh, I can't wait to come back and visit again. Well, like you said, um, when we were talking earlier, when you were giving us the tour, was that you'll see like family members walking the trails, not necessarily just at the one grave site, but like they'll actually be walking around and just kind of enjoying the grounds itself. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, they, they, I see it all the time. They just, they're here reflecting. They've visited the grave site, mm -hmm. of course, but they haven't sat there and then left. They've decided, you know what, it's a nice day. I want to go for a walk and they're enjoying it for all the reasons they should enjoy it. And they bring their loved ones back. You know, a lot of times it's not just them. You know, I'll mm -hmm. see them with their grandkids or whoever it may be that mm -hmm. may have not been here for maybe the event itself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, makes it much different. With um, kind of in regards to the process in this, um, you've mentioned a couple times a shroud burial. Most people might not know what a shroud burial <sighs> is. Would you be able to explain that a little bit? Sure, absolutely. Shrouding is like, uh, like a muslin cotton or something biodegradable that they wrap the body in. Mm -hmm. And it, it doesn't have to be anything in particular. It can be your favorite Afghan or your favorite blanket. You know, I mean, we've done that. People have mm -hmm. used those. Uh, they do actually sell shrouds that mm -hmm. have handles and straps to make it, it make it a little easier for the family members. We certainly know how to carry, you know, without them mm -hmm. if people choose not to have them. But uh, yeah, it's just a biodegradable fabric. And what typically happens is a lot of times family will use many colors, so it'll be very colorful and beautiful and. And uh, some people think that, you know, geez, it's going to be the outline of their body that might yeah. look a little strange. But once they experience it, that yeah. they realize, they see the beauty in it. And a lot of families will use flowers and things like that to intertwine into the actual mm -hmm. fabric itself. So Those are the pictures I've seen online where it just looks beautiful. It's like a white shroud over someone and then there's like all these flowers and greenery just placed over it. And it just looks really nice. It is, yeah. Like it's definitely a body. You can see right. the body. <laughs> but right. it it looks it's not unsettling i guess i right. should say it just it, seems old-fashioned to me I, the only time mm -hmm. i hear shroud with body is like the shroud of turin yeah <laughs> jesus yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well that is it, it's as old as time yeah you know that's what we do is as old as time this is not something new it's something we've mm -hmm. always done we just lost touch with it mm -hmm. i mean what all cemeteries you want to hear something interesting well i shouldn't say all but probably 90 percent of all cemeteries offer what's called burial or simple i should say simple burial mm. That is for people who don't have the means. All right. So every cemetery typically has a little section that can accommodate that for local community that maybe they couldn't afford this or they couldn't afford that. And that section typically doesn't require a vault, require the things that, you know, other sections in the cemetery do. That's natural burial. They're already performing it, <laughs> yeah. essentially, but they're just not understanding that they are. Is there a stigma, though, attached to it? Oh, like a potter's field. Uh, yeah. It could be, but of course, when you come to a place like this, that washes away. Yes, yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, what I will tell you is that natural burial doesn't mean cheap burial. 
some people will, mm-hmm. that will stigmatize it. Yes. They'll think simple burial. Oh, isn't that, that pine box and yeah. Potter's Field or the section? Cardboard. It's, <laughs> believe me, by far and away, it's typically half or less than half of a traditional burial. Mm-hmm. Of course, I shouldn't say that. I should say that at the, at the lowest amount. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, it's never been about money. I mm-hmm. mean, I've never had a family ever once question the cost nor question that. But I understand where you're coming from because I've thought of that. You know, some people might initially think, oh, man, what is that? You know, is that a potter's field or what yeah, is that? Yeah. You know, so. Because they couldn't afford field? a real. I actually don't know what a, a potter's, potter's field is. Is that like potter's just field is like. Put a bunch like, of people in one area? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's kind of like a, like mass? a boot, like boot hill. Yeah. Like, you know, that's <laughs> like okay. an old wild west, you know, when you just dug a hole and you buried them. Put a couple oh, sticks geez. with crosses okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. on them. Pot- <laughs> yeah. Potter's Field is, is like a negative connotation. You don't want to hear that. Yeah. No. Okay. No, not really. Yeah. Okay. You don't want to know that your family, you want to think that you buried your family in a Potter's Field. Yeah, I was basically. just thinking like, I was also, my mind went to mass grave. Like, no. for a low, low <laughs> discount, we can be buried with like five other people. Just yeah. boop, one hole. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. that's where my mind went. I was like, okay, so no, regardless, it's not the best thing you want to hear. No, but it's okay. certainly not that. But it does seem like this place appeals to certain types of people, um, you know, and I think that that's a, a good thing. In fact, I was reading your mission statement in the, the chapel, and there was a, a phrase, I don't rem- remember it off, you know, so I'm paraphrasing, but you, you um, emphasized, like, this is a burial place for all. Uh, do you feel like that's, a, like, a really important part of, of this place? or the philosophy behind this place? Absolutely, because, you know, I have the luxury, of course, of being the owner of the property. So, you know, we have no sections here whatsoever. You know, as far as I'm concerned, we're all human beings, and we all, you know, we all deserve the right, and we all should, shouldn't worry about who we're buried with and who we're not buried with. Yeah. Uh, I respect religion, you know, certainly I do, but if someone's looking for that, yeah. you know, other places can accommodate that for them. What I can tell you is this place knows no boundaries, because I have had the pleasure to, of course, bury every possible religion, race, gender, creed, whatever, you name it, mm-hmm. lifestyle. Uh, that's what makes it beautiful. And the people who come here who do have a religious preference, once they understand, talk to me, look at it, that seems to have make no difference to them. They say, you know what, this is what I want. And what I can tell you about that is that I have had lots of congregations who you know, have had members buried here and initially had resistance because they wanted them to be in their cemetery or their section but after they came and experienced it, then they've embraced it. In particular, because other members of that faith or congregation, once they visited, said, wow, I want this too. You know? And then they've kind of realized, holy cow, you know, there must be something to it. So, yeah, I, I think it's important. You know, uh, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you know, we're all, we all come from the same place. So. Yeah. You told us a couple of stories about people who weren't you know, maybe who were buried here that weren't accepted initially right. in their communities. And what do you think attracts them to be buried here? Is it just more inclusive, you think? Yeah, I think, the, yes, I think more inclusive. I think they don't feel like there's any type of judgment here. Yeah. You know, n- yeah. nature doesn't judge you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, well you know, said. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, I just feel like they felt they were accepted here. You know, they were in a happy place and they didn't have to worry about people and what they thought or how they felt about things, you know, because here it didn't matter. So, and I want to, I would love to see that feeling at every cemetery everywhere, <laughs> you know, it really shouldn't matter, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I have, I have reunited families here 
you know, a lot of times people will say the only time you see families at weddings and funerals. Mm -hmm. But if you if you knew how many he, uh, hearts were healed at this location because of that, because maybe someone lived an alternative lifestyle and they couldn't accept it while they were living, but they actually found the love and acceptance here. That's unfortunate it had to happen here, but it, fortunately it did. You know what I mean? That they were able to find that because I don't believe the person that was interred were mad or angry or held anything. They just wanted that person to love them or feel a certain way about them. And if they found that here, then that then that was achieved. You know, I, I had a, an individual, I had a family here that, uh, you know, someone who was Jewish and they, uh, believe it or not, had had uh, converted to Catholicism. Oh. And the families were divided, like you wouldn't <laughs> believe, you know what I mean? Like, how could you do this? And, you know, about 200 people came to that funeral and they all, they all left arm in arm and, it, you know, the whole, it brought them together. An unfortunate set of circumstances yeah. brought them together to accept, you know, that, wow. that it wasn't about the religion, it was about that person's life and the life that was lived because like I said to you guys when you came in our philosophy is too many people get hung up on death death is not the defining moment of one's life you cannot you cannot sit there and mourn that person you have to celebrate the life that was lived prior to their death death just is we are, that's in store for all of us so we can't avoid that now with that I mean one of my questions was going to be for you how has this changed your views on death I mean has your view always been what you just said or like has this come about because of what you've been able to see and offer people you know ironically I think my views have always been this way I just never knew it uh, you know <laughs> I, I'm I'm not a religious person uh, it doesn't mean I don't I, I respect everyone's beliefs I just myself have never been religious uh, I just feel as if you know we're all part of something so something could exist mm -hmm. uh, I was never afraid of death uh, I never really thought much of it maybe I was fortunate in that sense but I, I guess I always realized it's something that is unavoidable uh, and I think helping families and, and realizing that a lot of good comes from it too I think you know for hey who knows there I, I want to believe there's life after death whatever that may be maybe you become a tree you became become a flower you become something that goes in the wind I don't really know but I don't think it ends here so I don't I think it's less scary for me with that thought as well I'm not scared of it at all and I, I like helping families find peace too because uh, there's so much tragedy involved with it but at the same time, there's so much joy as well. You know, if you think about that person and why you loved them or why you enjoyed being around, you know what I mean? You can you can bring that away from it and you can celebrate them. And I always tell my families as well, when they come here, you gotta remember no one's ever truly dead because mm -hmm. as long as the living that remember them exist, they still live, you know, they live in your memory. So they're still alive. So if that's a little bit of solace in itself, you know, you gotta look at it, you gotta reflect on that sometimes. Yeah, sure, they're not physically here, but they're still with you. So I think that helps people, you know, a lot of times it helps them, you know, move on and realize that, you know, wow, maybe there is some truth to that. So, yeah. There seems like to or be I a might little, be, a, yeah. I might be crazy. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. It seems like you add a literal element to them because, you know, people talk about, you know, their, their bodies will then, you know, help the trees grow. And yeah. that's true here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're helping everything. You know, again, like I said, what did we actually come from? You know, we've come from the earth. You know, you're going back to the earth. So you're existing. You're still, you know, you're, st you're still alive in, in many, many ways. A very, a very a friend of mine just recently in California, you know, he, he had a really interesting perspective about this. He said, you know, I realized that, you know, once someone passes away, of course, their spirit is gone or whatever is gone. The light has went out. But then all these other organisms come to life within the body and then consume the body itself. So you've actually been reborn in a sense. And ironically, you kind of have been in a weird, ironic 
way, not yourself in particular, but mm -hmm. you've already created a new life cycle with that, yeah. with, with your death itself. So, and he's like, he was against cremation. So he was using that saying, your cremation snuffs that out. Oh. It doesn't exist anymore. You've snuffed out the life cycle. You have, once you pass away, a new life cycle is created. You are already nurturing life. So it's a good way to look at it, really. That's a good way That's to look at it. That's a great way to look at it. Because, I mean, they, I don't know, to get, like, weirdly scientific, I mean, what you're saying um, kind of resonates with a lot of the, uh, what we are now knowing more and more about how much like your microbiome contributes to like your personality right so if you think well you're not killing that part of yourself you're just letting it go right that's absolutely if, if you want to live on if you want to if you do want to truly live on that's how you live huh. on you know it, that's fascinating yeah my, my friend it was my friend uh an individual his name is cody he he's into uh using psychedelic drugs for uh, cancer patients, you know, oh, I've heard about those studies. Yeah. And, and, you know, so he was a forward thinker and, you know, I hadn't even really given that any thought mm -hmm. until he had said it to me and it made a lot of sense, you know, That's so interesting. I wanted to say his name to give him credit because he is the one. <laughs> you can give him a shout out. Yeah. All right. yeah. We're all about promotion. Yeah. Shout outs. Well, it was very, it's because I think he it was very profound yeah. and maybe a lot of people need to hear that, yes. you know? So, I mean, with all this, like, do you see like a growing overall interest in this type of like burial and type of process? Have you seen a growth in it? Absolutely, without a doubt. I mean, when I started this in 2007, it was just kind of crawling along. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, what I always said is, you know, we've had the fortune, we have been very fortunate to get a lot of media over the years, myself included, because I'm close to Philadelphia and New York mm -hmm. City. So I've been very, but the good thing about that is that's how people learn. But the greatest way people learn is to experience it. You know, unfortunately, people have to die to experience it. But as they die and those individuals go, then the light bulb goes off in their head. So 100 becomes 1,000, 10,000, and it multiplies. Uh, right now, two years ago, I'd say we were walking along. Now we're starting to run. I think within the next three to five years, you're going to see this as a third option that's offered everywhere because the funeral industry will not ignore it. Uh, they can, I don't think they can. No. no. I think it's getting to the point where they can't ignore it. No. no, they will not. And they'll embrace it. Believe me. They will find the inherent benefits and actually love doing it. And, and maybe find out a way to make money. Uh, <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, and I, and I, there I, really is a way, believe it or not, there really truly is a way for them to to really profit from this. Because believe it or not, it, the, the charges involved with this typically are, are more than cremation. So if you're, if you're offering cremation, uh, why would you not want to make a little more money offering natural burial? You know mm -hmm. what I mean, and and do something for the be a little more sustainable to the environment and to you know and, and future generations to come. So I think they're going to look at it that way and say, "Wow, I charge fifteen hundred for a cremation. I can make thirty five hundred dollars for a natural burial." So it makes a lot of sense, right? And they're and they're offering and what they're charging for is sorely needed. It's not a charge that's exorbitant or yeah. or too much. I mean, again, I mean, with my I've never had a family come to me and and argue over price. I'm very fair. I mean, I, that's the way I feel. I. You know, this cannot be something of exclusivity. It has to be for everybody, you know? And uh, and with the funeral directors themselves, with what the services they provide, I, I've never had a family say, wow, I think he was too expensive. You know, I feel I feel as if they've always felt satisfied, you know, with what they've received. And you've seen probably a growing interest in your own, in, in Steelman Town Cemetery as well. Well, absolutely. And I think I touched on this earlier. You know, we have Steelman Town here in New Jersey. This is where it started. And now we have three other facilities. We have Parisima, which is a, a natural burial preserve in San Francisco, uh, 
Historic Columbian Cemetery, which is a traditional cemetery with what we call a hybrid section, which I'll touch on in Portland, Oregon. And then we have Westwood Hills in Tahoe, Lake Tahoe, California. And, what's, and that is a hybrid as well. And what's important about the hybrid model, and, and I'll just quickly touch on yeah. it, is that what we have here in Steelmantown in San Francisco is absolutely beautiful. But unfortunately, at this stage of the game, we can't have this everywhere. It's too mm -hmm. difficult. But there are thousands of Steelmantowns that lie across the country. There are thousands and thousands of cemeteries with historical significance that can be re recreated you know, to offer this. So the true low-hanging fruit in, in our movement is the traditional cemetery setting because they should offer this for their families and that's how it's really going to grow so i think as that continues it's going to explode you know it really is going to explode and you'll see more steelman towns at that point because people will understand it more so they I, won't be i mean when you're referring to steelman towns you mean like a place that's like this yes I, I, yeah i mean we are truly obviously nobody can see this but we are truly out in the woods i mean <laughs> it's as close to like undisturbed as you can be we're just so, hearing cicadas, no, yeah. no traffic practically. Yeah, so I mean, to be buried somewhere like this is amazing. Yeah. Um, with the regards to, like, as far as here versus California, do you feel like there is more acceptance of this on the West Coast, or are you seeing it just generally kind of grow in general, like, equally on both sides? That's a really good question. Uh, Believe it or not, uh, the East Coast is incredibly accepting of this. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Far, 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 far beyond the West Coast. I mean, really, as that's far as the industry is concerned, okay. um, it is. Uh, you would have imagined that it would be leaps and bounds ahead. Yeah, on the exact, West Coast. That's exact. That's it, why yeah. I asked. If you go to the Green Burial Council website and look at our certified providers, about probably, I would say. 50% of them probably are almost, are, are like Northeast, Central. It's amazing how many. We are really ahead of the curve here on the East Coast. That's why I'm in, on the West Coast, because there is a true need for the consumer. The consumer knows what they want, but unfortunately the funeral industry doesn't quite have a grasp on it yet out there. Yeah. They're thinking more along the corporate, not understanding the true simplicity of it. So they're selling something that the consumer really doesn't want. Yeah. So, But I will tell you, it is exploding out there as well. Now, part of what I do out there too is empower and educate other cemeteries and funeral providers to provide this. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, this isn't some secret recipe I'm trying to keep to myself. <laughs> you know, this is America, you know, competition is good. You know, that's what keeps everybody, if, if you gotta look in the mirror, if you're doing something wrong, you gotta look in the mirror and look at yourself. Yeah. You know, if you do things right, you're always gonna stay busy. You're always gonna offer a good product. So that's why I'm out there, you know, You'd be surprised. So the East Coast is by far and away uh, ahead of huh. it. Amazing. Well, that's me stereotyping. I, oh, I yeah. just well, felt like, the, like Oregon and parts right. of California would be like very open to something like this because, like you said, generally with stuff like this, they sometimes it tends to be ahead like that. Yeah. Whereas we kind of in the yeah. Northeast are a little more. <laughs> you would think. Yeah. You would absolutely not, not think. There. You know what it is? No, it, it, it's. Um, absolutely no knock on the west coast or anything like that no. they, they absolutely embrace what we're doing and they the consumer wants it i, I just don't think there's a greater understanding of exactly what the consumer wants yeah. that's okay. where it's where it's misplaced a little yeah. bit consumer is no different than the consumer here they absolutely yeah. they definitely want it but they're just not finding something similar to this or what people are offering on the east coast 
and now we're bringing that to them and it's changing that mindset and and on the and on the east coast i will tell you you know because i live on both coasts uh east coast we're pretty direct and we're pretty forward yes. and we say what we <laughs> and we do what we want and and out on the west coast i found people are very uh they're not so direct they respect people in a way that they they don't want to really be outwardly say you know so here i think people said this is what i want and they just do it there they're catching up because they needed somebody from new jersey to come out and start talking <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, i'm only teasing but saying that but. <laughs> well as as a closing vignette um i found it really interesting you know you just said that um this is this is basically nothing new the consumer does want this because there's something you know there's something natural about green barrels there's, there's something very very inherent um and what you found at when 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 you were taking us around you showed us a little spot where there was a rock that you had just dug up just because it was in the way of the path and when you dug it up you found that it was actually a grave marker yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it was historical. It was just a, a tripping, tripping hazard. And when we, yeah, so it was almost a telltale sign that this was the right thing to do. You know, yeah, we, we lifted it up and there was initials inscribed on the backside. Hidden in the gra uh, graveyard was a graveyard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, unbeknownst to us. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time and showing us around. This is gorgeous. I don't know how else to describe it. So thank you so much. Well, I appreciate that. And I encourage all your, your listeners, you know, if you have any kind of local cemeteries locally or funeral homes, you know, encourage them to look into doing it because it will really bring something much needed to your community. So I appreciate your time. Thank, thank you very you. much. Thank you. thank you. Morgan here again. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Coffin Talk and Green Burial. It was one of my favorite episodes so far, and I hope it's one of yours too. Let us know. You can find us on Instagram, where we're mostly active, at coffin underscore talk. You can also find our page on Facebook. Give us a like at coffin talk. Please leave any questions, queries, comments, suggestions for future episodes on our Instagram page or on Facebook. We would love to hear from you, positive or negative. Also, leave a review on iTunes or Google or Spotify if you can. Let people know about us. We always love new listeners, and we always love your input. Thanks a lot for listening. Stay living.